Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. So last week I jumped in, or we, we, we continued through the series on the purpose statements. And we've gone through our four purpose statements. Um, and last week I did part one. This is part two. So we'll be out of it for a couple of weeks and then back in for the last one. But the first purpose statement is know God. We as a church want people to know God. Purpose statement basically says this is why we do what we do. Okay, uh, you have a purpose statement about who you are. You just don't know it. Okay, you do it, but you may not wear a T-shirt that says this is my purpose statement. But you have a purpose. It makes a statement whether you try to do that or not. Uh, so the purpose statement number one: know God. Number two: find freedom. We want people to find freedom in whatever area that is. We want them to number one: know God. Okay, through salvation, through coming back to Him, and that kind of stuff. But secondly, to find freedom to overcome some things, to find freedom and salvation, to find freedom after salvation, to find freedom and the chains fall off from past sins and all that junk. We want to leave it and walk in freedom with the Lord. And, and the third one is, the one we're in today is discover purpose. We started last week on discover purpose, okay? So here's some scriptures on part two. Jeremiah 29, 13, we know it very well. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. We love that scripture. Many of you have it at your house, on your walls. We love that scripture. Why? Because it all sounds really, really awesome, okay? I mean, not all the plans I have for you. If you keep going in that, the most important part is that he says that I will seek you and I will find you when I seek you with all my heart. If you'll go to him, he has a plan for you. If you never consult him, you run the risk of missing his plan for you. Does that make sense? So if you'll sit at the feet of the king, he would love to show you the plan he has for you, okay? Because you have a purpose. You, have a, you absolutely have a divine purpose, and he wants you to know it. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, I grew up as a kid. Uh, we all grew up as kids, but I grew up when I was young. That was my verse, okay? I love Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I had it everywhere, wrote it in my baseball glove, all that kind of stuff, until I sweated so much and it came off. And so, But Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Boy, that's hard not to do. But in all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. That, I mean, that's a great promise from the Lord. He has an absolute promise for you. He has a purpose for you. It's beyond your understanding. Your little peanut can't get around it because I promise you, I am standing in mine, and if you'd asked me at 10, I wouldn't have come close. This wouldn't have been the top 10. Me standing in front of people, not even in the top 10, okay? Not, maybe not in the top 20, okay? And so, listen to me. He has a plan 
You, you, don't, you don't know it. It's beyond your understanding, and it's okay because that's good because if it's beyond your understanding, that means you can't mess it up or you can't have a part in it. He just wants to do it. He's already done it. He's written it on your heart. He directs the steps of the righteous from day one. You're going to find it when you find him and sit with him. He's going to map it out. And he's going to be beautiful. Okay. Some of you are like, I know, but he has a plan for me, but I sure keep bumping into some of the weirdest people on my plan. It's okay. Just trust him. He made those weird people. He's using them. You just beyond a shadow of a doubt, he's using them. All right. Philippians 2.13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. It's a beautiful promise from the Lord. Look at Ephesians 2.10, one of my favorites. For you, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Not, not two good works, for good works. Okay, you're not going to work your way to, to the cross. Okay. Now, watch the second half of that. Which God prepared beforehand that we, you, should walk in them. Isn't that gorgeous? That right there ought to let you just breathe a little bit. That God prepared beforehand, before you were hatched, he had a plan. All right? Now you walk in them. The steps of the righteous are directed everywhere, man. I'm telling you. You're constantly, constantly being directed by God, even when you don't even acknowledge God, as Paxson said. God will set you up constantly. He directs you. He guides you. He's before you. He's behind you. He's beside you. He's all over you, even when you do acknowledge him or when you don't acknowledge him. He's directing your steps. And then Philippians 1, 6, the one we love, being confident of this very thing, that he that begun or began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. We love that one, okay? The plan that he has for you, the journey he has for you, the purpose he has for you, he is continuing to work on it. You may be stuck right now. God, where are you? What are you doing? What are we doing? I, I mean, you may be stuck, but do not sit there and waddle in it. Continue to get in the Word, continue to worship, continue to praise Him, lift your voice to Him, and follow Him. And I'm telling you, He's going to clear the fog. He's going to clear the fog. So today, Rick Warren did a thing years ago um, on the word shape. Now, I don't want you to be alarmed when I say this. I am not going to talk about your shape, all right? or whether you're in shape, okay? That's all between you and God. But I am going to talk about shape. I want to talk about it from an acrostic. I want to take those letters, and I want to help you understand and help you discover your purpose, okay? So I want to take each letter. So, num- so the first, I almost said number one. That is not a number one. The first letter is S, okay? The S for shape is spiritual gifts, okay? Guys, I gave you a scripture. Don't even worry about it. Not going to use it, okay? So the S is spiritual gifts. So here's the deal about spiritual gifts. You, every one of us has a spiritual gift. Every one of us. Okay, every one of us, you say, well, I don't have a fat clue what mine is. You can know what your, your spiritual gift is. My wife is an extremely good teacher 
on this subject. Extremely good. Now, I don't want all of y'all to run to her after church and say, can you help me find mine? And she'll be very busy for about a month and a half. So, but, but here's the deal. You can find your spiritual gift. Your spiritual gift is, is different than maybe what you like or what you want to do and all this other stuff. So, so here's an example. My spiritual gift is exhortation. I love to tell the little church and the big church, you can climb that mountain. You can be that. Okay, you can do that. And so the way I use my gift of exhortation is in preaching. You may say, well, man, you're always causing me to to, to, to rise up or to to, to stand up or to walk or to conquer a mountain and charge. And you can do this. And everything in me saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. And you keep saying, yeah, you can do this. This It's what scripture says about you. This is what God says about you. That's my gift of exhortation. That's how it's used. My grandfather thought that I would be a coach because he saw that in me early. The problem is, granddad didn't understand is, you got to teach school. <laughs> I'm not teaching. And once I got out of school, <laughs> I didn't want to go back into school, okay? School is not my friend, okay? And so I, 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 I love school for sports and sports alone, okay? And so, so I didn't want to teach, and, and you had to teach to coach. So I didn't, I didn't use that. But so the way I use it is I pastor in that gift of exhortation. I'm constantly telling my staff, my, my individual staff, my team staff, my church, everybody. When I meet with people, I have lunch with people, when I speak into them, I'm usually going to build them up. I'm not going to tear them down. I mean, I may sit down and go, you're a really sorry person. I'm probably not going to say it right away. I'm just thinking it on this side of the table, okay? So what I'm trying to help you do is realize that you're being a sorry person right now, but you're not a sorry person right now, okay? So you are acting like a loser, but you're not a loser. So we want to learn how to win. So you can have the gift of exhortation. There's people with all kind of gifts in, in the kingdom. Now, here's the thing about spiritual gifts. It is to your benefit that you know your spiritual gift. It is to the benefit of the body of Christ that you utilize your spiritual gift. When you do that, it is not for you to go, yeah, that was because of me. No, not because of you, okay? As soon as you do that, the Holy Spirit just ran out that door, okay? The spiritual gift that God has given you is for the edification and the building up of the body of Christ, okay? And it is for the glory and the exalting of Jesus, never you. And so let me tell you about a spiritual gift. When you're in your gift, you don't get tired. Can I just tell you that? People say, man, do you ever get tired as a pastor? I do, but not on 30 minutes on Sunday morning. Because when you're in your gift, you don't get tired. When you're trying to do your gift in your own strength, you'll be tired. The gift is a holy spiritual gift. Okay? It comes from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I'm going to get tired. All right, so find your gift, your, your spiritual gift. When you find that gift, you got to do it. Some people have the gift of giving. They love to give, okay? When they're giving, they're happy. The thing you have to understand is when you don't take the gift that a giver gives, you kill them. You say, oh, man, don't give that. We don't need that. We're good. He's not asking you if you're good. He's doing his gift. You got to take it. It's to, to what? So he feels good, he's blessed, and the kingdom's blessed, okay? So find your gift and do it, okay? H, H is heart. Now, H and A go real similar, so I'm going to go kind of combine them in a little bit. H is heart, okay? It's what you love. 
Now, I want you to think about what you love. And I'm not talking about a cupcake right here, okay, or a cake or pie. What do you love to do? What do you love to do? Let me say it another way. It's what gets your head off the pillow. You say, well, that's not my job. <laughs> right? You may not love your job. You may just do your job, okay? But what do you love? That's your heart. You got to find out what you love and do it. Do what you love. Some people, some people can say this, and this is an awesome thing to be able to say. I love my job. It's, it's my heart. When I do it, when I go to work, it's just what I'm, it's what I'm born to do. It's what I'm hatched to do. It's what God wants me to do. It's what God's designed me to do. I am a very blessed person because I can tell you that I get my job is what I love. If I wasn't pastoring, I'd be miserable, miserable. My wife would be so mailing my resumes out. She'd be, please hire him, please hire him, please hire him. All right? I have to be a pastor. I have to. I love the pastor. I love my staff. I love my church. I love preaching the gospel. I've got to get this out of me or I'm going to blow up. Days that I'm not preaching is hard, all right? Because I mean, you like having Sundays off? I do, but I don't, all right? So, so some people can say their job is their love. Some people say my job is my job, all right? And that's okay. But outside of your job, find your love. Find your love. What gets your head off the pillar? A is abilities. Abilities. What you're good at not necessarily what you love. Let me say that again. Your abilities is what you're good at, not necessarily what you love, okay? Let me, let me I'm going to share a couple of illustrations that help you understand. So one is this, both of them on my staff. Michael Carter is a wonderful guy, wonderful man. I love him deeply. Michael Carter's got more talent in one leg than I got in my whole body, Okay. Michael Carter loves, absolutely is cut to do his job that he does. He, he runs trucks all over the nation, all over the country, all right? And he loves that, and he does that. And I mean, he gets him, that's his giddy-up. He can do it, all right? He can, you ought to hear him on the phone when he gets excited. You can hear him nine offices away, all right? But, but we love that. But Michael Carter also loves the church, loves the church. He loves the kingdom of God. And so... I went to him years ago and said, hey, why don't you jump on staff with me and, and do it on the side. Do bivocational associate pastor for me because you think, eat, sleep the church. Now, I know you run trucks, but you do this very well. So right now what he does is he oversees life groups and does a wonderful job overseeing them. I love him beside me. Because he used to pastor, and I pastor, and he and I can talk about stuff that nobody else talks about. And he can think of things that I'm thinking, but nobody else is thinking I'm thinking it, okay? And so I love him. So Michael Carter has the abilities to do the job he's in, but he has a love of the church. And so, so his heart and abilities are, are, are totally different, but they're beautiful together. So he does it from a bivocation thing. Another guy on my staff is Mark Boyette. Mark came about five years ago uh, to, to Bushland, he was going to run or did run the Packersack here in Bushland. Some of y'all remember him from being there. So that's what Mark and Heather did. So Paxton knew him. So we set up a lunch with me, Mark, Paxton, 
uh, and Heather. And so we're sitting there at lunch. Mark's telling me his story and just talking. I'm just kind of getting to know Mark and didn't even know him from Adam. And so in the midst of that, he's talking about doing pack-a-sack and all this other stuff. In the midst of that, he's talking about working with children in, at Church of the Move in Tulsa. And when he started talking about that, went to a whole different gear. Whole different body language. Whole different contents in his face. And I'm just sitting there, and the Spirit of God said, what gets his head off the pillar is not Pakistan. What gets his head off the pillar is children's ministry. And so at the time, I didn't have a children's pastor. So I just looked across the table and said, hey, won't you, uh, I, got, I, I got something for you. Won't you, you, you do Pakistan because that's what your abilities are. You can do Pakistan, do it awesome. But why don't you scratch the itch that you need to itch and why you get your head off the pillar? What really gets your head off the pillar, I believe, is children's ministry. And when I said it, he got very emotional because that's what's in him. That's his love. And so I said, come on part-time. I think the church is going to continue to grow, and that'll become a full-time position. For the last, what, three years, he's done full-time student ministry here at the church and does a wonderful job. If you ever see Mark around children, you're like, <laughs> that dude is cut to be a children's pastor. He is. That's what he does. He even took a, recently took a little, what was that, Mark, a test or something, and it just, he topped it off all right, in children's area. That's what I'm talking about. His love is children's ministry. That's why his head come off the pillow. His abilities, he could manage pack a sack. He could continue to do that. But what he really gets his head off the pillow for is children's ministry. So find out what your abilities are. Find out what your heart is. Find out what your love is and do it. Your job may not be your love, but find, your job, find what you love. Some of you may have a job in some other area. All right? But your love is in this area. Then, then match them. Then find it and, and do it. Because when you do that, you'll find that God uses you incredibly. Okay, Some of you are good in finances. Then use your gift in finances for the kingdom. All right? You've got to do something outside of yourself that's bigger than you and do it for the kingdom. All right? The P. P is personality. So you have S, spiritual gifts. H is heart. A is ability. P is personalities. All right? Each of us in here have a personality. Okay? So here's how the personalities work. Okay? So let's say at the church, we need greeters. Okay? There's a key word in the word greeters. It's called greet. If you're a greeter, and this is you at the door. What's up? So, okay, that's not greeting. That's not greeting. Some of you can absolutely greet. You have a personality that absolutely makes people come alive. You see them, hey, man, glad you're here. Welcome to the church at Bushton. Come on in, man. It's a great morning. Come on in. We're glad you're here. What's up? Give me five. Give me knuckles. I mean, you're, that, the whole kids are like, wow. They're, they feel welcome. They feel greeted. They, they, you're seen as important. Everybody that walks up to the church needs to be greeted with that kind of enthusiasm. Some of you have come to me or Michael and said, I want to be a greeter. And we're like, hmm, well, hey, you see the game last night? The game was good last night. You see that game? I can't even believe he hit that shot. So off balance. I couldn't even tell he hit it. So is that yes or no? <laughs> it's no. So, 
And we're not trying to be offensive, but listen to me. We want them to feel greeted by the greeter, okay? And it may not be your personality. You may love the church. You may love us. You may love Jesus, and I'm not doubting that. But listen, that's not where you need to be, all right? Another example is Guest Connect. It's where our guests connect to the church. <laughs> we want them to like the church, okay? We want them. So listen to me. If, if they come to the Guest Connect and you're, you just visit with your other people back there and never acknowledge their presence and never really get to know them and never connect with them, and basically all you do is negative and downer and all of those, that's not connecting with people, okay? We want people at the Guest at greeting and guests connect that are enthusiastic, that have a personality, that are bubbly, that are warm, that are friendly, that can have a conversation, that don't have people walk up and just ignore them because you talk. Man, you're kidding. My, my teacher, I, they got that teacher too. It's awesome. This is a guest right here. Do not talk to them who've been in the church 15 years when you have somebody been in the church 15 minutes, okay? So greet them. You need, you need greeters that greet people. You need guest connect people that connect with people, that are guest connecting, that do relationship. Some of us in here uh, should be in those areas, but we're not in those areas. Some of you are going, my personality can do those right there. Then go do those things. Why, why are you not doing that, Okay. Some of you can, some, can, can help people to their seats in here. Some of you can work in nursery as volunteers. Some can do children's ministry. Some of you shouldn't do children's ministry, okay? And we'll help you with that. Some of you like youth. I don't know why. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> some of you really like youth and should be doing youth. No offense. I'm sorry. Don't throw stuff, okay? I did for 18 years, okay? When adults would volunteer and like take a week of vacation to go youth camp, I'm like, you're like so Jesus. I'm like, I don't even know if I'm getting paid to be here and I don't even want to be here. But, 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 but you can do that. So you've got to get, do that. Some of you can teach. You should be teaching. Some of you can pray over people. You have the gift of, of praying over people and really ministering to people and pray healing over people. And all that stuff. You got to be doing that. You got to, you got, you, your personalities Fin somewhere in the kingdom. What you've got to do is you've got to figure out where your personalities do the best and jump in. And, and, and if you'll do that, we, we all win. Do you understand? There's a, there's a book out called, um, what's it called? Um, well, there's a statement, and I'll think of the name in a little bit. Uh, good to great. So the deal is you, you get people on the right bus, but getting them on the right bus is just halfway there. You got to get them on the bus, but you, you got to get them from, from the bus to the right seat on the bus. You see, you're in the church, and so you're on the bus. But are you in the right seat on the bus? When you're in the right seat on the bus, you make us an absolutely more powerful church than we could be without you in the right seat. Does that make sense? Some of you are like, well, I've been in the same seat for seven years. Well, you probably need to make sure that's the right seat. And if it's not the right seat, get where you need to be. Okay, I'm not talking about location and worship center. I'm talking about the right seat. Because each of you have something to give to the kingdom to magnify the church and make it all that it can be. So are you doing that? Are you finding that spot? And last is this, experiences. The E is experiences. This is a good experience and a bad experience, okay? 
God uses every bit of those, okay? Your good experiences, he uses. Your bad experiences, you use. Some of us have had bad experiences. Some by our choice, some had no choice at all. We didn't choose this, but it just happened to us. I, I say it this way. God never, ever wastes a hurt. Never does. So whether you've come through some stuff and you don't know why you came through it, don't worry about the why, ask what, okay? And, and use your experience in life to minister in the body of Christ. Some of you wouldn't have chosen divorce for nothing, never thought it would happen to you, but find yourself in it when you come through it. You say, well, I can sit here and sulk that I'm, I've been through a divorce, or I can find a way to use what happened to me and minister out of it. If you'll do that, it helps your healing. It'll set you free, okay? Some of us have been through all kinds of different things in life, come from all different experiences in life, all different places in life. Good and bad, God will use. Good and bad, God will use. The key is that you find your shape. You got to know your spiritual gift. You got to know your heart. You got to know your abilities, you got to know your personality, and you got to know your experiences. And you got to take them all, take all that, and find your purpose for the kingdom. Okay? Last scripture, we shared it earlier, I read it earlier, Philippians 1.6. I want to leave you with this. I want you to sit on it. Being confident, it's a key, being confident of this very thing, that he, he that began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Listen to me. He ain't done with you. That's bad English, but he's not done with you. You got a lot to give the kingdom. You got a big purpose out there. You say, well, I'm 62 years old. Don't you think I'm about done with my purpose, pastor? No, you probably hadn't started. Listen, man, I saw a very effective and very impacting 81-year-old deacon that about five years before that, at about 76 years old, he got it. And once he got it, he was like a ball of fire, dude. If he had lived those first 76 like that, whoo, I don't know what the kingdom looked like. But he got after it. And I'm telling you, he was still running when he fell in the hole. All right? I mean, he was going. All right? Find what... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Some people just do that, you know what I mean? I mean, they're like, oh... I'm gone. I'm dead. I mean, they're, I think they're still running in there, you know? I mean, that's how I want to be, man. I'm probably going to be that way, you know? I mean, just, boom, I want to go. I'm going to still be going for God when I fall in a hole, all right? Now, I'll be there, but I'm going to be up there going, what's up, guys? This is awesome. I mean, so listen to me. You got to find your giddy up and giddy up. That makes sense? Find your spot and go. Go, go, go. He's not done with you. And here's the bottom line. We need you. This is a great church. Be greater if you were in the right seat. Amen. Be confident of this, that he that began in you, that great work, he's not done. He's not done. He's not done. I want to invite you to bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm going to invite our Worship team to come on up and altar ministry team if they'll make their way up here. As we close out this morning, message is pretty simple. Just got to find your shape. Just got to find your shape. 
when you find your shape and you get busy for the king and where are you out? And here's a beautiful thing. You're not going to get tired. You're just not going to get tired because he's going to be doing it through you. And so find what God shaped you for. You got a great purpose, a big purpose. Ask God, God, show me, show me what my purpose is for your kingdom because I want to be a part of your kingdom. I want to pray over you this morning as we stand in just a little bit after the prayer for invitation. If you need to come, let somebody pray over you, just come to the altar, whatever. If you're, you're here and you're looking for a church home and God's kind of tugged on your heart and leading you this way, Come this morning. Just come say, hey, we're plan on doing that this morning, but we just feel like we need to do that. We want to be a part of this church. You come this morning as well, or maybe you're here and you've never met the Lord. You're in a good spot. We can help you do that this morning. You just come this morning. Let me pray over us. Father, this morning, may the Holy Spirit that has already spoken and continues to speak right now bring everything home. God, may we say yes to what you've said to us today. Just say yes to what the Holy Spirit has said. And Father, as we stand, Father, if we need to come, we don't need to, just, just, just tug us to come. Help us to come. If we need to come this morning, you direct our steps this morning. God, may the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, do all the speaking. And may we only have ear for the Holy Spirit. So God, may we do what we hear today that you have said to us for your glory and your honor in Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram by using the church at Bushland and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. 